Retro Rebel Gamecast episode 82 is brought to you by TempleofGeek.com, your one-stop shop for all things geek. You can find all of our episodes and fulfill your sci-fi, fantasy, and geek culture-related needs at TempleofGeek.com. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss gaming and related topics. Retro Rebel is released every Friday, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com, iTunes, or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. You can even find us on Facebook at Temple of Geek for exclusive content and to see what else we're up to. My name is Stacy, and with me this week is a special guest, Daniel, our, our fearless leader for Temple of Geek. How are you doing today? I'm doing weird. This is weird. I'm like showing up on both the Temple of Geek podcast and the Retro Rebel podcast, and I'm being referred to as a guest. Well, I know. Isn't that weird? Yeah, it's it's a little it's a little weird. Like on on the Temple of Geek podcast, it's like special guest. I'm like, what are you talking about, guest? <laughs> well, I think I can count on one hand how many Retro Rebels you've been on, though. Uh, probably six. Nope. <laughs> I have a strange hand. So. <laughs> I have a strange hand. Well, uh, nonetheless, uh, how have you been? Well, I guess because originally you were one of the main hosts. And, yeah, I, and then I, it, I started off with you. Um, we went with a trifecta and moved to a pair. It, it, the, the pair worked. Yeah. The pair worked better than the trifecta because a, a certain member of the pair, she won't be mentioned, doesn't like <laughs> Nintendo. And uh, yeah, it, it just it just it didn't work. You can. It you can all use your deductive story. reasoning to figure out who that is. <laughs> I'm just playing. Amanda's fantastic, and I'm not really all obsessed with Nintendo. Uh, that's a lie, but yeah. So. That's not, yeah, that's that's not true. <laughs> well, she does help me repress my love for Nintendo a bit, or she tempers it. And that's yeah, good. no, I hear y'all's episodes. It sounds like you hate Nintendo now. No, no, no. I, far from it. I just, I think I, I, I think I went back and forth. The pendulum swung a little bit. Uh, away from Nintendo because I think I had lost a little bit of faith, but I think it's because I, I was I was distracted by some of the things we'll talk about today. Well, I'm hoping after we get done talking today that I'll be able to sway you back to the to the right side of the force. Oh, I'm 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 Team Nintendo. There's just no doubt about it, and and maybe 100 percent, or or 95 percent. I may be a five percent Sony, five percent Sony. Microsoft may be written off altogether, and then the rest will be Nintendo. For sure. So fair warning now, this episode will contain spoilers for Avengers Endgame. Oh, whoops, wrong episode. <laughs> well, you can't really go anywhere without uh, spoiling that now, so uh, so possibly. Uh, we'll try not to. We'll try to limit the in-game spoilers, though. But uh, well, but what have you been playing? You know, I can, I can guarantee it's anything you've been playing is not what Amanda's been playing. Okay, so... What have I been playing? So I've been unemployed for three months. And during <laughs> my my stint of being unemployed, I have rediscovered the joys of playing video games. That's um, awesome. I walk about an average of, well, according to Pokemon Go, 55 to 67 kilometers a week. That's great. Um, so I've been collecting eggs and catching all sorts of Pokemon in Pokemon Go. I've been playing Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu on the Nintendo Switch so I can transfer my newly captured Pokemon Go uh, Pokemon from the from the phone and transfer them over to the Switch game. 
Um, also been playing Final Fantasy Nine. Uh, I'm almost done with that. I'm about 17 hours into the game. I'm just kind of grinding right now so I can get my characters leveled up. Um, I'm sitting at about a level 40 for all the characters. Uh, nice. I forgot how much I actually really liked that game. Um, I think nine's yeah, nine's a great nine's a good one for sure. Nine is actually a really good story, and I, 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 you know, whenever I talk about Final Fantasies, I'm always like, oh, four this, six that, and I always right. forget about nine. And nine is actually a really good game. Yeah. Um, and then once I get done with nine, I plan on switching over to Final Fantasy uh, seven that just came out on the Switch last month. Um, I don't know if you're also aware. Final Fantasies 10 and 12 came out as, um, this month or at the, towards the end of April. So uh, the Nintendo Switch has a bunch of uh, Final Fantasy games that just came out for it. And then uh, finally, I've been playing um, Yoshi's Crafted World on the Switch. And uh, let me tell you, that's actually a really fun sit down. Don't really think about anything type game that I could just I just enjoy. I want to play it. I do. I've talked about it for three weeks, and I haven't bought it yet. But uh, I got yeah, paid this week, so I will. If you have nothing else to play, and you just want something that just basically <clears throat> no nonsense and just a simple platformer, pick it up. It's fun. It's a palate cleanser for me. That's yeah, really what it's going to be. It's a palate cleanser. It's getting the bad taste out of my mouth from the games that I bought, like The Division 2 and uh, the... You know, I've I've heard good things about Days Gone, and I've heard bad things about Days Gone. And well, I, I heard that you really love the Division. Oh my God! I this would be an adult explicit episode if I really said what I thought about it. But yeah, <laughs> um, it it is it is not. I, I'm yeah, you know, I'm not a fan. I'm definitely not a fan. Definitely feel like um, it is one of the flagrant offenders for in-game purchases and and just vapid uh a vapid gaming experience you know just an just a repetitive it's beautiful and that's you know and i said i've said this you know on the on the episode that you listen to it's a beautiful game there's absolutely no doubt about it and it's supposed to be like a one-to-one recreation of washington dc but it that is to me that's not enough to overcome overcome the repetition and and just I don't know. I just, I didn't enjoy it. It it may be for some people out there and for those that enjoy it, by all means, I hope that you've bought it and, and and spend as much money on knee pads and, and upgradable backpacks that you want to, but, and knit hats, face paint. But, uh, for me, uh, it just, I, I, I made a mistake. You know what? I made a mistake and I'm not going to do it again, Daniel. I'm not. I made a mistake. <laughs> I made a mistake. I'm not going to do it again. But, uh, well, that's awesome. You've been playing a lot and a lot of Nintendo, and it's good to see the Final Fantasies back on Nintendo. That's that's just, that makes me happy. Yeah, it's actually really cool to see, you know, Final Fantasy 7 and 9, 10, you know, those, those games that were PlayStation exclusives, finally see them back on home on a Nintendo system. Um what I can say about those games, uh, from what I know of Final Fantasy Nine and Seven, respectively, is that the games are basically the same as the PC ports. So, meaning that all the bugs and everything that you had on the Steam versions are going to be found in the uh, in the Nintendo Switch versions. Yeah. Um. So that sucks. But the other <laughs> thing I noticed that was kind of weird is that they've they 
what do you call it? They HD-ified the characters, so they, they gave them like a high-res upgrade, the characters themselves, but they didn't make any high-res changes to the backgrounds. So you have oh, okay. this high-res character on a low-res background, and it just looks kind of weird. So for the first couple hours playing the game, it took me a little while to get adjusted to that, but once once you finally get adjusted to that, it's it's no big deal. Oh, well, that's good. Okay, okay. Well, I have not... I, I, I think... Final Fantasy IX, I would be interested in playing. I don't know. Maybe if they re-released four or six, I would. I'm not interested in ten. Uh, uh, ten is actually a really, really good story. I, I've heard that, that but the last Final Fantasy that I really enjoyed. See, nine was the last one. Ten, they changed so much of of the the battle system, and there was just there were enough changes, and Titus's laugh didn't help. Uh, 10 was the last one that the original creators did. 10 is? Yeah, so once they left, pretty much I fell off as well, too. Yeah, 10, 10, and I I think I was just maybe a little bit older, too. It just wasn't, I don't know. know. You were into girls, motorcycles, all those things. (laughs) It it happens, man. I think think when that game came out, too, I might have been a senior, maybe in college at that point. Yeah, I mean. Probably. Well, I remember playing Final Fantasy six or three in America. I remember playing that in high school. You know, I think I was a junior or senior in high school then. Yeah, and, I was uh, a sophomore, junior, I think, when it came out. Yeah, so I was. Yeah, it would make me a senior. So I remember just sitting and playing that game as a senior. Uh, you know, football practice or whatever was going on, and then uh, whenever I had downtime, I would sit. That would that game blew me away. You know, but anyway. Well, I have not been playing any Final Fantasy. I haven't really even been playing. Definitely, I've been playing as many games as you have. Um, I vowed to download a Yoshi's Crafted World tonight. Um, but uh, all I've really been playing is Hearthstone when I can. I finally found a deck, a mage deck that I can actually compete with. Um, I am a faculty sponsor for. Um, for our esports team, and I'm trying to talk them into adding Hearthstone. I mean, I can't compete with them, but I can uh, I can help, and I could you can coach. I could scrimmage them and, and coach. Can, yeah, that would be awesome. Swag. Well, if we could, yeah. It's, eh, I think I need like forty or sixty packs of the new expansion. <laughs> um, but yeah, they they uh, they. I've been trying to talk them into doing that, and um, yeah, I think I'm wearing them down. But I finally found a, a deck that, that is competitive. I've kind of resigned the fact that I'm not going to get to legendary status playing the way that I want to because you have to play whatever the meta is to, to compete. So what I do is I find the cards that I really that are that are fun to play because if you've played Magic the Gathering or any of these other card base, you know these card games, there are some cards that you just kind of like. You like the way they look. You like the, you know, the maybe some of the effects, and you want to integrate them into your deck. Um, and so I, I try to look for out. I, I try to scour the internet as much as I can to find at the closest compromise to finding how I can get those cards in my deck and still be competitive. You know, and I think a fifty or fifty-five or sixty percent win rate is is about as good as I've gotten which is pretty good i mean that's 55 or 65 is is uh is a solid win rate um 
which doesn't sound great. <laughs> I guess it's probably not, but um, but nonetheless, yeah, I've enjoyed winning it. half the time to me is is great. Yeah, exactly. And so, and I and I win enough. I'll win two or three in a row and lose one and lose two, then win one or two more and lose one, win three. So it's been fun. And uh, so that that they also I've also noticed that in the game they're doing a lot of promotional stuff, trying to you know you don't have to do a lot and you're getting packs of cards. And I don't know if that's because uh, you know they they've put too many expansions out too fast or or what, but it's uh it's just been kind of fishy how much they've been giving away lately. Uh, so I don't know if that uh, if that's a good or bad sign, but that's what I've been playing. But I will have I will be able to uh, converse with you about Yoshi's Crafted World. It's what I've been looking for. I, I truly just a game that's pretty linear experience. I don't really have to think too much about it. I can just go have fun. So, and that's what I want. So there's this game that they released on Switch for free that I've also been playing called Tetris 99. Oh yeah, yeah, I played it a couple times. Uh, it is. First of all, it's amazing that they release this game for free. It's Tetris, but you get to compete um, against other players around the world, 98 other players at the same time. It's intense. It's awesome. And I can't believe it's free. I don't know if I mentioned that it's free, but it's free. Yeah. Um, it's a free game by Nintendo. <laughs> so I've been playing that. And, the you know, the goal of the game is to try to become number one. And I... The furthest I've gotten is down to fifth place, and I have been trying so freaking hard to break that record, and it's just, it's hard, it's impossible. But, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff to play on Nintendo. Yeah, no, there absolutely is. I've I played that, you have to have a, a better connection than I have to, uh, I guess, to get connected, or maybe the servers were down or something anyway, because I know that's one of the few kind of Battle Royale games that they have besides Fortnite. And it's different mechanic, but it's kind of the similar principle. Um, and so I was having a hard time getting connected to 99 other players. But but it was, I mean, but when I did get to get in there, I did not understand what was going on, but I was having fun. <laughs> it took a second. Actually, it took you explaining it to me to be like, oh, okay, that's that's how that game actually works. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a it's a really cool game. It's something that like when I'm after I get done playing like a couple hours of the RPGs or whatever whatever I'm playing at night, I usually play four or five quick quick sessions of Tetris because it's something you could pick up, play a couple quick matches, and then put back down. And so my goal is always how far can I get? And lately I've been getting twenty, you know, high fifteens, high teens, low twenties. Um, I hit that fifth place that one time, and I just have not been able to get back there. And, so that's been my goal is to try to try to be, try to get first place at least one time in that game. Yeah, that would be a good goal. I think that would be a good goal. Um, so uh, that brings us to our second segment of gaming news. Do you happen to have any gaming news that you wanted to share? I don't have a lot. I really only well, have one thing that I wanted to talk about. The only thing I have that would be of any interest to me, the only thing that I have... Um, is that it looks like Microsoft Solitaire was inducted into the Video Game Hall of Fame. First of all... Oh, that's great. I didn't know there was a Video Game Hall of Fame. <laughs> I did. I did know that, but I hadn't thought about it and maybe since I heard of it years ago. Second of all, Solitaire, a free game that came packaged with Windows since the inception of PC, ga you know, PC computing, um, 
it's finally been inducted into the, the Hall of Fame. And I say finally, even though I never even knew there was a Hall of Fame. The game joins Mortal Kombat, Super Mario Kart, and the text-based title Colossal Cave Adventure as the latest inductees to Strong World Video Game Hall of Fame. So this is on uh, PCMag.com. Uh, I thought it was interesting that, uh, that one, that there's a PC or a video game Hall of Fame, and two, that... Like I said, a free game that came with every single version of Windows computer um, was added. I mean, Solitaire was something I just kind of was like, ugh. You know, I never even yeah. played it. Messed oh, I played it. Computer. I played it all the time. I'd rather play with Minesweeper. <laughs> See, I, I hated Minesweeper. It was it was the, the RNG factor would just piss me off. I mean, yes, well, you could figure out some things. of it. Huh? You ha- it was math based, and I think it that's what made it fun. It for nerds. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at some of the inductees. So you had Mortal Kombat in, tw- in past classes, Space Invaders, Sonic. That's cool. Okay, something to keep your eye on. Looks like a Final Fantasy VII, John Madden Football, Tomb Raider. Super Mario Kart. Nice. Okay. In the article, it says Microsoft Solid uh, Microsoft <coughs> Solitary debuted in 1990 on Windows 3.0 as a free title bundled with the operating system. The intern named Wes Cherry developed it um, because the Windows OS did not have any games at the time. So he just decided to throw together a quick card game and include it into the OS. <laughs> so um, <laughs> the, the really interesting sentence here is, Cherry said he wasn't paid a cent to create the game, even though it quickly became a popular distraction for office workers. <laughs> yes. It was the beginning of the end for productivity. Minesweeper all the way, baby. Yeah, so, yeah, I just thought that was interesting. Uh, you know, there's a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. There's there's a Sports Hall of Fame. Why isn't there a Video Game Hall of Fame? I didn't know there was, and it's kind of cool to find that out today. Glad to Yeah, I'm glad to know that there is. Um <laughs> Well, uh, the only gaming news I had is kind of indirectly related to gaming. Um, I wanted to talk a little tiny, teeny tiny bit about this Sonic the Hedgehog trailer. Ugh. <laughs> is that all we need to say? Uh, okay, let's do it. Okay, well, okay. I'll, initial, just initial reaction in, in, in 500 words or less. Okay, so... Sonic the Hedgehog looks horrible. Okay. In in statement. Yeah. I'm ta- I'm talking Period. about the actual character render itself. It just it looks horrible. It doesn't look like the Sonic the Hedgehog character that I played as, you know, when it's I played a Nightmare the Monster is what it is. Um now Jim Carrey as Dr. Eggman Robotnik. I think that's going to be freaking amazing, awesome, whatever you, whatever adjective you want to use to describe that, um, especially at the end of the trailer when it shows like that quick, like static or whatever that's breaking through, and then you see like the futuristic Jim Carrey that's bald with the glasses and the huge mustache and looks just like freaking Robotnik. Yeah, yeah. So I th- I think that's going to be awesome, but the actual character of Sonic the Hedgehog looks horrendous. What if I've got a I just had a epiphany theory what if the end of the trailer is actually the movie and the entire trailer we saw was just 
a, you know, just, I mean, not that they, you know, that they're going to, although my news does have something to do with the way that Sonic looks, but what if it, what if it really is going to be more or less set kind of in the world of Sonic? Uh, and that is actually how Robotnik's going to look instead of what we got, you know, which is a militaristic or scientist, you know, that kind of, Drops on the scene, uh, you know, this, the whole secret squirrel, he's got a plan and, and it's and it's classified or whatever. And he's, you know, eh, I don't, whatever. I mean, you've seen that in other movies, but and I, and I was OK. I'm OK with uh, with Carrie, Jim Carrey actually being Jim Carrey. I mean, that's the most Jim Carrey. I think you said that's the most Jim Carrey he's been since Ace Ventura. I don't know. It's been a while. Liar, liar. Yeah, liar, liar. So. Anyway, I was just thinking, what if that is? What if, because I don't see how they could get to that from where they are, you know? I, I, uh, I don't know. It, it'd, be, yeah. it'd be an interesting premise. I mean, the yeah. Super Mario Brothers movie that's supposed to be coming out is going to be done by Imagineering, I think they're called. The people that did... Uh, the Minions. The Minions. Was that yeah. Illumination? Yeah, yeah Illumination, Illumination not, not Imagination. Illumination, so... Uh, and that's supposed to be a feature length movie set in the actual Mario universe. So yeah. why couldn't they do an actual feature length movie of Sonic in the Sonic universe? Yeah. But I, in the super Mario one is going to be animated, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's going to be like a minion style cartoon. <laughs> now, Maybe here's something interesting. Yeah. I thought about the whole Sonic the Hedgehog thing, apparently, and this has actually been reported today um, on Kotaku. The Sonic the Hedgehog movie design is to be changed following criticism. Right. Well, that was that was really what I was going to. That was my news was that they're actually going to change the Sonic model. So, so that's awesome. what you're seeing is not going to be what he looks like in the final movie. I mean, how, which is awesome. So here, here's my deal. You as a movie producer spends a bunch of money on a movie. Yeah. Surely to God, you had someone sitting there looking at this render and going, okay, this thing doesn't look right. You know, do you, don't you, don't you have focus groups and test groups that you kind of show things off to? I am willing to bet that whoever made that, who, that abomination and put it on the screen, whoever made that call, there was somebody opposing it saying, look, you can't do this. This is not what he looks like. This is not. Why not just make him look like Pikachu? Pikachu looks like Pikachu. Make Sonic look like Sonic. You know, there was backlash in in which which of the was it the Sega CD? Uh, not Sega CD. The the Sega Saturn game. Which which of the Sonics were did they have him when he was really tall? Oh, that was the uh, what was it called? Sonic Boom. Yes. Well, I and mean, that there was terrible feedback on that. I've got yeah, I mean, you would, think, you would think a movie studio would be able to look at something like that, look at the history of the character and be like, okay, so people liked this, people liked that, people didn't like this one. Why didn't they like this one? Oh, because they didn't like the way he looked. Right. Okay, so let's go ahead and make sure our character looks like what he's supposed to look like. Yeah, you figure they, you think that they would learn their lesson, that people want the character to look as close to does, you know, make it, make it be similar, you know, to, it can be more realistic. That's fine. But I mean, what they gave it human teeth. 
Yeah, I mean, it's 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 Sonic the Hedgehog for crying out loud. It's one of the most popular characters in video game history. You should do it justice. I mean, you know, you mentioned Detective Pikachu just a second ago, but look at those characters. They they look like the characters just with fur and stuff. And people were pretty much, you know, off put by the fur. But the more and more I see those trailers, the more and more I'm like, okay, that actually makes sense why those characters look like that, because they're trying to replicate what it would look like in the real world. It looks like Pikachu with fur. Right. And that's fine. That actually looked fine because they kept the essence of Pikachu the same. He was kind of short and stubby and and adorable, not nightmare humanoid. You know, I mean, Sonic. Yeah, there has to be a way to render him where he is cartoonish, which he, I mean, he is, but he can have fur. There, I mean, the poke, that Pokemon movie may make a, a trillion dollars um, just because it's Pokemon. And Sonic, they've got a chance, and maybe they have a chance to fix this, and, and I hope that they do, but I just thought it was good news that, that they're reporting they will go in and change change that model. It's just crazy. Um, so I guess my question to that is, is okay, they're going to go and change this model. How much is that going to cost to go back and re-render that character for the entire movie? I don't know. That's a good question, and it may not be worth it. Maybe they'll just postpone the movie, and it'll just, it'll just die as a silent, slow death off screen. I don't know. I mean, if you think about it, it's it's just, you know, and I've been doing a lot of video editing, so... I'm sure it's just as simple as going into whatever program they have the model, re-render the model, and then place it back into the movie. I'm I'm sure it's you know, it's, but it's going to cost money and time, right? Um, I'm sure it's not a hard process. It's just going to take time and money, and that's that's where I'm like, how much is this going to cost? You know, you when you make a movie, you have a budget. This movie is going to cost us a hundred million dollars. Well, now you're adding another $25 million to the budget because you didn't pay attention to what people were saying at the very beginning of this movie. You know, when the first posters came out, people were like, whoa, whoa, what's with the humanoid legs? Right. You know, and they should have stopped right there before they even released the trailer and said, okay, let's, let's take a look at this real fast. What's, what's wrong with this? Why are people making these comments? But instead they released a trailer, got bashed and now they're going back and redoing the movie. Yeah, I can't. I'm looking at this picture of Sonic with the teeth, and I can't. I can't deal with it. It's 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 making my soul hurt. <laughs> yeah, I won't. I watched it, and I was just confused. I was like, "Oh my god." Ugh. Well, uh, yeah. So, best of luck to that, and uh, we'll keep our eyes and uh, eyes open for maybe maybe a a, a better second try at that at that trailer so a better second try a better second try so all right well that brings us to our main topic today which i we we have touched on it over the last few and we'll over the last few episodes or maybe even last year and i imagine that amanda and i will touch on it as well but i wanted to talk about and you had brought it up actually uh earlier about digital property and and specifically how this is going to affect I mean, well gaming in general, but especially those that actually like to archive and, and collect games. Um it's no secret really that personally I'm not a fan of digital property. 
I don't like having to download my games. Amanda's a big proponent of it. Um, and I think before, originally, my reasoning was more nostalgic. I think I just liked having the tangible copy of the game in my library. Uh, kind of like as a collector thing. I liked having all those things. I have all my old systems. I know you do as well. Um, the digital is ob obviously very convenient. And that has been the reason, actually, and to the detriment, really, why I've purchased many games lately is because I it was late. I had a, on a whim decided I wanted to buy a game. Uh, I went and tried to buy a hard copy of it. Couldn't find one anywhere, but you can always get a digital version, you know? And I did. And regretted it. So... Uh, almost every time I've regretted it. Um, but it is convenient to have all these games that I can just go straight to and click on, have them on a hard drive, just access them, access them anytime I want to, not have to change discs. That's great. But, uh, but you know, what are your thoughts on digital property and, uh, you know, and kind of just generally that whole concept? I hate it. <laughs> but here's the deal you know people are going to be like but daniel you just got them saying you have final fantasy 9 final fantasy 7 on your switch that's true i i purchased the switch digital version copies of the game but i have the original copies of those games on my playstation i also have original copies on um uh, the digital copies that i bought when you know when uh psp and all that started releasing uh the, the ps1 classics and all that um, I bought the digital copies so that way I could play them on the go. Um, but I still have my original archived physical editions of those games. Now, would I prefer to have a physical copy of Final Fantasy IX and Final Fantasy VII on the Switch? Absolutely, because you know, I, I would own, I would know that I would actually own that game. But I, I know they're not going to release those games, so I'm, you know, I'm kind of SOL there. But I know yeah, I already yeah. own them on my PlayStation, so I, I have a physical copy of those games. The reason why I, I don't agree with the whole physical physical versus digital argument is because if you buy a digital game, you don't own that game at all. 15 years from now, any game that I have on my Switch, if the Switch network goes down 15 years from now, which it probably will because Nintendo will have out some brand new system right. and they'll have their own network for it. So any games that I'm playing on my Switch, if my Switch dies and I have to get a new Switch or buy a used one somewhere... I've lost all those games right? because there's no way to get them back because I don't own them. Yeah. Now, some people will say, yeah. well, put them on an SD card. Well, that's true. But, you know, I don't know how that's going to work when a switch dies in the future. Cause right now you have to do the whole transfer of the license and upload to a, a network to get the keys or whatever the hell it is. And then redownload it into the new system to reauthorize that system. It's, it's crazy what they're doing to not allow you to actually keep a game. And, in the long run, it's going to it's going to cost you more money because like me, you're going to buy multiple copies of this digital game so you can play it on various different systems. I can hear Amanda making fun of you now because I'm buying multiple copies of it. Yeah, of the same game. But yeah, I mean, that's what it is. You know, back in the day, it was the PSP that was the system of choice. You know, that was the portable system. I could play my PlayStation games on my on my PSP. So I bought the digital copy. Yes, I own the physical copy so I could play at home. But if I wanted to play on the go, 
there it was. Now it's the Switch. And again, they released these games. They've released the PC versions of the games on the Switch. So I'm like, okay, well, let me go ahead and get them again. You know, they're just a couple bucks. They were, what, $14 a piece? Um, so I bought them, and now they're on my Switch. But again, I still own the physical copies of the game. If I ever want to boot up the PlayStation and pop those discs in, I, I, I have that ability to. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I, I, I'm on the same page with you. I, I've... I've actually, I think I've got five, four or five games on the Switch where I have the hard copy. Like, I've got it. I've got the cartridge. Um, See, and I have I've, 47 games that on I have the Switch. physical copy. <laughs> hard, physical copies? Yes. Physical on the copy. Switch? On the Switch. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I'm not sure, not on your level, Daniel. No. Well, see what what I do, and what if there's there's companies out there that know that there's collectors. I consider myself a game collector. I don't play yeah. a lot of video games, or at least I didn't um, since my unemployment. I've been playing a lot of video games, but yeah. um, I, I I like to collect classic video games, and I think we've discussed this on a previous episode. Um, so there's companies out there that know that people love the physical physical games that will spend money on the physical games to have a physical copy of it, knowing that if the switch ever dies in the future and you have to get a new switch, you'll still be able to play that digital game because you have a physical copy of it. Companies like limited run who take the physical, the digital releases that were digital exclusives for PlayStation uh, and now switch. They've started making switch games. They take the digital exclusives that were to those systems and they're putting them on physical media. I started buying a crap ton of games from uh, limited run i actually own like 12 games now i'm it's not a lot but i i own 12 games from them yeah i remember um, you telling me about them that that is a pretty sweet deal um there's another company out i can't remember the name of it off the top of my head that's doing the same thing uh because they know that uh collectors and people out there want the physical copies of the games so i don't understand why the studios don't put out physical copies of the games i just don't understand it i understand it's cheaper but you have you have a small targeted audience out there that you could release like limited run does a limited run of this game, you know, only a thousand copies or only 1500 copies or only 3000 copies, get it out there and see what happens. I mean, I, I guarantee you people will snatch it up because there's collectors out there that want to have that physical copy for in the event that a system dies or whatever, 20, 30, 40 years from now, they'll still be able to play that game. I mean, think about all the systems that you've played back, you know, in the late or late eighties, early nineties. The Super Nintendo, the Master System, the regular Nintendo, the Genesis. We are still able to take a cartridge, pop it into those systems, and still play them today with no fear of the game not working unless some major damage happened to either the system or the game. Yeah. Um, it's just it's the gaming right now as it stands. That's not going to be the case 20, 30 years from now. I'm not going to be able to pop a disc in my Xbox and play it because, first of all, when you buy an Xbox game, you're only getting a portion of the game on the disc itself, and you have to download the rest of it when you first install it. And then you have to download, what, six, seven terabytes or gigabytes or whatever of freaking updates. Right. Um, <laughs> Yeah. The game is just not going to work in the future 20 years from now. So everything that I have in my room that has Xbox or or PlayStation four on it, it's going to be worthless piece of plastic, you know, coffee saucers because they're, they're not going to be able to work 20 years from now. No, it, just, it no. frustrates me. Yeah, I, I agree. And 
it just poses an interesting question, you know, like, where are we going from here? Is it going to, are we going to reach a point and, and maybe it will only affect gamers like you and I, who, I mean, for more than just nostalgic reasons, like to have a tangible copy where the precedent or the emphasis will be placed on people who want the now want the, you know, instant gratification, the access to it now to be able to download it and not have to go anywhere else. All, all digital all the time at the expense of actually, you know, ever owning anything. I think maybe they'll be content because, you know, this is my tinfoil hat thought of the day is this idea of being able to sell someone a digital version of a game that's basically incomplete like Anthem uh, or, you know, there's any number of other games that are, large fallout 76 where you can sell them a game that you're going to have to build a roadmap to just to, to explain how we're going to start injecting content into this shell of a game that you paid full price for. Then there are other people who have done, you know, excellent jobs explaining all of this, all the details, the minutia of that, but it's like wearing you down, you know, that you just, you just kind of give up and you just say, okay, well, I'm, this is just the way it is. We're just going to buy digital games and they're going to keep feeding us drip feeding content for the games, or maybe not even putting any content in the games. They'll just sell you the shell and, and, and you'll be okay with that, you know? And I think what's going to happen to gamers like you and I is we're not going to play games anymore. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I have a feeling that's going to be coming sooner rather than later with me. I'm probably going to yeah. just sell my collection here, but you know, it's. I'm tired of of these AAA companies, and I, I think I've talked to you about this already about like Mortal Kombat, for example. Flagrant you, foul. You go out and you buy a fifty dollar game, and then if you want to get additional characters or whatever for it, it's going to cost you another fifty bucks. I, that's just crazy to me. <laughs> Um, Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I uh, maybe it was forty dollars. I think it was thirty nine ninety nine because I think if you buy the ultimate collectors, whatever spell with a K edition, um, it's was eighty nine ninety nine or whatever. But it's just it's it blows my mind that you're spending that type of money on a video game. That first of all, when you buy just the game itself, apparently it's incomplete because first of all, the entire game's not on the disc. You have to install the you're installing and downloading the rest of the game onto your system. Right. And then you're applying day one patch updates. You never had that problem back in the day. Um, no, you and didn't. I'm and like I... an old man, you know, you go to the store, you bought secret yeah. Amana, you brought it home, plugged it into your super Nintendo. You get greeted with the little Nintendo jingle square Soft's logo. And then the game started. No right. downloads, no updates. Basically, and granted, those games were smaller, to, you know, yes, but, but the company was required to make sure that that game was ready to go to market. Right. Nowadays, companies aren't required to do that. They're like, okay, let's get it out and we'll just apply patches to it. What the hell yeah. is that? I'm paying no, I agree, money. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, that's like me going to the movie theater and the, the studio's like, all right, we're just going to go ahead and get Avengers out. We're not quite done with the effects yet. But go ahead and pay us the money, and we'll we'll we'll, we'll kind of describe to you what they look like, and then when it comes out for home video, it'll be completed. <laughs> yeah, or 
you you'll you'll watch it and there'll be bits of the movie missing, you know, and or like whole sections missing, and you'll get that you know later in the update. Um, it, it, it's just frustrating to me. Well, it is frustrating. That that's frustrating. That the whole that whole system that 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 uh, culture is frustrating to me. And again, it's us being older gamers who've been around and played games since really not maybe not the beginning, but the beginning of the popularity. You know, I I had the original Nintendo. I had a Coleco. I played. I've played games. You know, basically my whole entire life and. Uh, since the eighties, the early eighties. And, um, and so I, I mean, I've, I've gotten to see how it's evolved. Um, and I was more than happy to kind of jump on the bandwagon. Uh, I did not think the Nintendo Wii would be a thing. Uh, and then it ended up owning one because it was, because I was a Nintendo fan and, uh, and loved it. You know, I mean, I, I didn't like it as much as the GameCube even. I, I loved the GameCube. Um, I didn't love it as much as that, but uh, I, I I just I'm disappointed and a little bit frustrated in the way it's going. And I have a feeling that if it continues that way, if it doesn't stop me from playing games, it's going to change the way I consume them um, completely well, I mean, and probably forever. Look, look at the direction it's going. Microsoft came out with the I forgot what it's called Game Pass, I believe it is, where you pay Game a Pass, year out, yeah, yeah, and you get to download any game that you want that's part of that library. Right. Fantastic. Sweet but, deal. Yeah. Temporary. Okay, so you're paying, I don't know how much it is a year, 60 bucks a year maybe. Um, so yeah. you're paying 60 bucks a year. You get unlimited games. That's awesome. But all you're doing is renting those games. Well, and you, you have to pay more than, yeah, 60 bucks a year, but you also have to pay 60 bucks for, uh, for playing Xbox online. Live. So. so $120 a year to download games that you can you know, play whenever and to play online. Fantastic. That's awesome. 10 years from now, when you're sitting around the house and you're like, Hey, you remember that halo game we used to play? Yeah, let's go play it. Oh, I don't own it. Right. (laughs) Right. Or, you know, yeah, exactly. You can't, you can't take your game to somebody else's house and play it. You can't, uh, you know, I remember that the first time I even encountered that was with the Sega CD and you had to have that separate cartridge to actually save your games. And so I, I, like a dummy, I took my CD, the disc over to a friend's house. Cause I wanted to show him my save and I loaded, I booted it up and you know, the game starts and it's, there are no saves, you know, it doesn't save there. You have to have the, and I was like, Oh, I'm so stupid. I didn't even think about that fact, you know, but that's the first time that I ever really encountered that. Cause normally it's got a built in save battery. You know, it's already got that in the cartridge. Mm-hmm. And so you can just take that straight to where, or you've got the little PlayStation one, uh, save card, you know, so memory card. Yeah. Yeah. The memory card. Um, well, th- I think that's a nice segue, honestly, to why I think Nintendo is leading the charge in preserving gaming as, <laughs> as it, as it once was. Um, they, as, as far as I know, have no plans on uh, changing the Wii to, or I mean the, the the Wii, the Switch to being exclusively digital. I mean, they, they, should, they I, from what I understand, they're still heavy into the practicality of the memory cards, the the actual cartridges, 
Uh, I mean, the Labo just, I mean, if you just take that in and of itself, the essence of that is 100% sold out to the gamer and the experience of it, you know, and, and, and the, and playing games with each other, which is something that the other consoles just don't do. They don't have an emphasis on couch co-op or three or four people playing uh, Mario Party or... See, I truly believe the people that invented those systems or that are the people that the engineers behind the systems were people that never had friends growing up, that never got to play Goldeneye with their buddies on the couch. Yeah. (laughs) So they're like, no, we'll just play with people online and call them freaking names over the microphone. and Right. <laughs> Which, is, I mean, it, it wouldn't be hard to make assumptions like that, whether they're true or not, because it's because obviously there's a disconnect in what what people what people want, maybe, and and what makes money. It's like they'll settle for this and Nintendo saying, well, but wouldn't you rather play? with somebody like next to somebody like actually have a, a a physical interaction with that individual uh you know it's just so much more visceral yeah to have a couch, a couch co-op i call you an ass muncher because you did something to me in a video game we both laugh it's a good time versus right. me calling someone an ass muncher over the microphone that i don't even know right <laughs> and them going off crying or start bashing me and rage quitting or rage quitting and coming to my house and killing me. (laughs) Right. You know, yeah. Or, you know, calling the cops to show up at your house Um, or having me banned because I said something horrible. Right. Which, which could happen and probably should. And, but that shouldn't be the way it is. You know, it obviously that's a part of it. And that that's expanded the world where you can play people from all over the world in Madden. Uh, or Fortnite or whatever it is, and I think that's great. But to to say that that these other experiences are dead, uh, or that you know first player, uh, a first person or uh, you know single player games are dead, which is you know been said for a decade now, is just absolutely not true. And Nintendo has shown it and proven it time and time again. And I yeah, think I that there's still con- games. they're continuing to do by it by myself boot up a Mario game or whatever and just play by myself. Yeah. And it's a, it's a self-contained experience. It's, it's not something that you, you, you literally get lost in like Skyrim or, 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 or Red Dead Redemption where it takes you almost, you know, the same length of time to ride across the map as it would in real life to go 20 miles. Um, which, which, like I said, those games are incredible in the amount of work that is put into them. And then there's still a place for those games. But uh, I, I think that, like I said, Nintendo's continue to show that that the single-player single experience, small, con- self-contained, linear experiences are, are absolutely alive and well and, and are thriving. And so is the, the tangible, hard-copy versions of the games. And... and uh, and I think Nintendo is gonna will be the last bastion for things like that. I, d- I don't know. I think the only thing that you'll be able to do in the future, because I think PlayStation will be the next one. Microsoft is already trying to go exclusively digital with their next their next uh, console, the Xbox One console. They're gonna release one more that doesn't even have a, a disc drive in it. Yeah, it's it's the Xbox One S something. Yeah, it's not even going to have a disk drive. So 
they they wanted to do this originally. They wanted all the DRM. They wanted you to be able to constantly stay connected to the internet, uh, and they also wanted to force the connect onto everybody, which didn't work. Uh, but I think this is a, a last ditch effort to try to test the waters before their next console comes out, and it, it is exclusively digital, and they'll probably play up the the uh, you know the. I mean, but they'll they'll play up your ability, the the, the accessibility, the um, you know how convenient it is. But in the end, is that any different than a PC that runs to your television? You know, it's the same thing. Well, you know, the idea of going digital. I mean, has this been Microsoft's plan all along? I mean, I know. Google's coming out with a system too called the Stadia that's right. all digital, right? It is, but theirs is going to be even different. They've wanted to, and I think that they've walked this back a little bit, but they wanted to stream the games. So there's no so download. You don't even get to download it. It's, it's no, like it's even worse. System. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think that the cost would be as high either. I think that you end up more or less renting the game. You know, you don't you don't pay for them so that you wouldn't pay as much. But I don't know. I don't know that to be a fact. I don't know that a lot of numbers have been thrown out yet. I don't know. I'm just I'm scared of the whole idea of digital. I just because, you know, you don't you don't own it. You know, I have a I have 270 something plus movies on Vudu. Now, the reason why I have 270 plus movies on Vudu is because I have a Blu-ray collection that came with a bunch of digital copies. And right. I take those digital copies and I plug them into my Voodoo account. So that way I can have, take the movies with me wherever I go. But I own a physical copy of the movie. Right. But if, if I only had 270 plus movies on Voodoo and not own those physical copies and Voodoo just decided up and out, you know, out of nowhere just to go out of business. What happens to my movies? My yeah. library goes away. And all that money I spent on those digital copies is gone. And that's the same thing with gaming. It's right. it's. If you buy these digital games, they, you don't own them. Yes, you've downloaded them to your hard drive. They're on your system. That system will fail. It's an electronic yeah. device. It will fail, and you're going to have to either get a new system or replace a part in it. And when you do, guess what? Those games will not be there. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a good point. I, it's a point I hadn't really thought about. It's, and it's really the, where this all began, in my opinion, is the, the DVDs and the Blu-rays where they were – you know, constantly packaging them with a digital version of the movie. So you get a digital copy, you get a, a CD copy and usually a Blu-ray copy um, or a DVD copy and a Blu-ray copy. And I continue to buy my movies for that same reason. It's like, I, I want to be able to have it, especially in this day and age when some of my favorite TV shows that were on Netflix, but now they're on Hulu, but now they're not on Hulu, but they might be on AMC or on FX's paid, you know, uh, paid platform, uh, you know. So it's it's even hard to find exactly where some of this content is. So if you don't own it, well, then you kind of are out of luck in a lot of instances, or you're going to have to have a subscription to nine or ten different, uh, you know, different streaming services. And, and I think that's where you don't own any of it. Basically we're all just renting it. And that may be what they want is just this reoccurring revenue stream and nobody 
really owning anything and everything kind of just being perpetually rented. And man, what a bleak episode this has become. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fantastic. This is the future of gaming, people. Well, this, this is what you've asked for. We did, and we're asking for it. And with if you listen, people, go out and buy hard copies of your games before Amanda gets back and change all changes all your minds. Um, no, I, I think in closing, uh, in, in a, on a positive note, I really do think Nintendo is a beacon of light in this in this topic. That they are continuing to. I mean, obviously, you could still buy hard copies of PlayStation Four games. You can buy hard copies of uh, of Xbox One games. You've got companies out there. Uh, what is that company that you buy your games from? Limited Run. Limited Run. You've got companies like Limited Run that are trying, trying to kind of help perpetuate this. So uh, this hard copy and this ability to still collect your games. But without that, I think that that is going to go away. It's always had a really strong cult-like almost following. Uh, cult-like is probably the wrong word, but a, I think a loyal following. Nintendo's always had a loyal following. And uh, I think because of the way that they continue to push and emphasize the experience over you know, the, 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 the bottom line, I think that I'll always be a fan of Nintendo. You know, They'll always have a special place, and, and I'll always support their products until they start streaming well then yeah i mean then they'll jump into <laughs> jump in in bed with the rest of them and i guess i'll just have to start you know reading books again or something i don't know the new super nintendo 64 we switch that's coming out is it's going to be an all streaming device is it <laughs> no, no i'm just saying i was going to say if, if you heard something i didn't i mean i almost don't want to know about it uh, but yeah, um, Switch right now has been my favorite console that I've purchased out of this new generation. And it's not just because I'm a Nintendo fan. It's just because of, of the simple ease of the games that most of those games I can buy physical copies of. And, you know, the funny thing is, is a lot of those games I can pop into my system and not apply the update and play the game. And the game works. It just doesn't have that day one patch that you have to download. Um, so that what that tells me is, is 15, 20 years from now, I should still be able to pop in those games. And even without the bug fixes and all that stuff that they've applied to the games, I should still have a working game. Um, that's that seal of quality, man. That's that Nintendo quality seal of approval. <laughs> yeah, no, it really is. And, and they've always taken pride in that. And, and as long as they do that and maintain that, you know, I'll, I'll continue to support them. You know, I, as soon I as, can't tell you that games like on PlayStation 4 and, and Xbox are going to be the same way, man, because there was a game. I What was it? Spider-Man. Um, when I bought Spider-Man, I had to install the game. And during a portion of the install, I had to download a big chunk of the game. And I'm like, is the full game not on this disc? Yeah. And I really want to test this theory by reformatting my PlayStation, unplugging it from the network and trying to play the game. Yeah. And just see what happens. I mean, you should. 
I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if that is, is the case or not. But I, mean, I wouldn't just, risk it because I don't want to lose everything I've got yeah, on my PlayStation. Else. But, but it, just, it, it just scares yeah. me that games like that that I've spent money on, I spent my money on. Yeah. So I feel like I should own that game. The only game that I've put into my PlayStation 4 that I haven't had to do that with is The Last Guardian. And maybe that's because it was originally a PS3 game. But yeah. I also think it's because all of the content was on that disc. Yeah, it was all on the disc. It was already... The game has already come out and already had all its bug fixes. All they did was apply a new coat of paint to it to do the HD remaster to it. And they just slapped it on the disc. Yeah. There was no updates or anything for it. I mean, so you have yeah. a full physical copy of that game. Yeah. And, and it was, and I, and, and that was, it was a little bit shocking to me. It's like, wow, that was fast. I'm not used to that. Cause usually I'm usually, I'm like, I buy the game day one. I can't even play it till the next day. Cause it's yeah, got a download and I don't have time. It took freaking forever. Yeah. Well, it was like 40 gigs or 50 gigs, whatever it was to download. So, well, any final thoughts uh, to to leave them on a positive or just a really bleak negative, you know, downer? Go see Avengers Endgame. <laughs> hey, we made it all the way through without any without any spoilers. That's great. Oh, remember that part? No, I'm just playing. Exactly. Well, that wraps up this episode of Retro Rebel Gamecast. I want to thank Daniel for this week's discussion. Thank you for coming back. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. All the notes from this episode will be posted on our site, templeofgeek.com. If you'd like to add to the discussion or reach out with questions, sound off in the comments or email us at retrorebel at templeofgeek.com. If you like what you hear, head over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe so you'll be sure to get each episode as it's released. And rate us because that really helps our show. Until the next time. Bye-bye.